1: Welcome everyone to RB1 Colonel Fantasy of Football. Podcast, part of the Big Team's podcast channel. I am the consummate professional, first-ranking officer of the Terry McLaurin Stand Club, diamond mounter at the Jerry Judy Jewelry Company, and BFFs with the Oracle, your humble host, Pete Rogers, and I am joined by just one of the guys this week. It's been forever. We are back. Just one, though. Scotty Miller fanboy, mule skinner of the Zacherts decline wagon, head excavator of the Robert Tanyon Canyon, proud father Quentin Nelson, the tight end whisperer Jordan Smith, and we will be joined at around halfway mark Uh, by actually guy who went to high school with me, uh, Aiden McGrath, who writes for Numberfire, but we will introduce him when he pops onto the show. Jordan, I'm a little upset. I feel like normally when you and I have a just solo pod, some sort of multimedia movie TV show news normally drops that day, which is delightful because then we like touch on it since we are the ones in the know. I don't feel like anything has dropped on us right now.
2: Uh, Not so much today, but we can, you know, talk a little bit about HBO Max's plan for just dumping a ton of blockbuster movies on their streaming service rather than uh, waiting for the theaters to open back up. That is a super good
1: point. I am extremely excited for that it is, it is i first of all i learned through this like through this news dump of like half the movies that warner brothers is coming out with like did not know there was a Kong versus king godzilla movie coming out which is that's gonna be awesome <laughs> um, but like the stuff with like dune coming out straight to it obviously wonder woman 84 they were going i had known that one was happening but a lot of these stuff coming out straight to hbo max it makes me very pleased to have hbo max uh and, uh, and be
2: able to imbibe in all these films when they come out on the date. I think I might be the only one in, at least in the U.S., because I'm pretty sure these movies are pretty big in uh, like the Chinese and Japanese markets, but I loved the King Kong and Godzilla movies that have been coming out awesome. the past couple of years. So I'm very excited for Kong vs. Godzilla. Um, I don't know. There's there a lot of IP type of stuff popping up. Uh, Warner Brothers is trying to get in on as much of it uh just like disney so um i'm very excited to be able to get some of this stuff in home i've always told people that it, hbo max or well formerly known as hbo go you your shit with that one
1: hbo like why do we have like 17 different brand names
2: yeah, whichever one you may have had in the past. It's it's the way to go. I know yeah. Game of Thrones is over. I know a lot of other really good programs have ended from HBO, but they're still pop, pumping out some really good content and it's the best streaming service in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and it just and and with this announcement, they're just in line to have so much so many good movies on it and it's something where I just it's I've had this talk with Becca actually where we were talking about like what the future of theater is going to be now, movie theaters. And I think it's going to be something where you're just it's going to become maybe now a more a luxurious like it already is now where you pay you're paying like what, 20 bucks a ticket, maybe, and you get like those big recliner seats, and it's it's kind of like making it more of an experience that you can't necessarily have at home. And I wouldn't be surprised. I wonder if they like, I don't know, take it up a little bit maybe you get like a free drink with it and i i it'll be interesting to see how theaters combat it because there is certainly something special about watching a movie with a giant crowd of people that you are all there for the same thing i know when i saw get out the first time it was like there was a whole you know the the whole crowd played such a big part in that movie it was awesome to like you know interact and hear everyone like ooing and awing and and shouting obscenities at the screen uh <laughs> So uh, so that'll be something that I feel like obviously will be missing from the self stream, but something that theaters can capitalize on is just a matter of how they're going to capitalize on it or how they're going to like pump up the, the you know, that desire to actually pay to go see a movie.
2: Yeah, I could talk all day about how much I love going to just the movie theater and like that experience in general, but as like these streamers come along and as um, like just... TVs and sound systems, as they get better, they're starting to get very close to replicating what you can already have in a movie theater. It's just, it's the community experience, and we're not getting a whole lot of community experience these days. So, um, definitely missing that aspect of it, but it might be one of the casualties of an ongoing pandemic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it might be one of the, ca- I mean, it, just in the way that I, I at least very much hope that companies start. More regularly implementing or, or more comfortable with working from home or remote working due to the pandemic. Uh, and that's an outcome that's coming out of it. it. We might be in the same line where a big outcome that's coming out of the pandemic is what we're seeing from Warner Brothers being like, we're going to release everything on a streaming at the time it comes out because we know that in theaters, you're not going to make that money back because people are still going to be, I mean, first of all, the pandemic still could be going on, who knows. Uh, But also this, at the very least, people are going to be more tentative. You're not going to have those huge crowds waiting for for film premieres. And so if you just pop it at home in a streaming service, like, damn, that's It definitely, for me, it's like, I'm very, because there's so many movies that come out that you're like, ah, yeah, I would love to see that. And then you, it's like, well, I got to get tickets. I got to find a theater nearby. I got to make time for it. And somehow when, you know, some new release film just smacks right into your your streaming service, it's a lot easier to sit down in your living room and be like, I'm going to watch this tonight.
2: Yeah, they've dropped some other movies on Amazon Prime and like Disney Plus that you have to pay like a premium for. None of which I was really interested in, but I'll pay no less than fifty dollars to see Dune or like the <laughs> Matrix Four. I oh, God, I will right. do those. Yeah, that list. That
1: list is that list is very enticing. Uh, all right, well, good good television talk and uh, and movie talk to to start the show. This is uh, this is people will like to think we're a fantasy football podcast, but in reality. Jordan and I are just on this show to occasionally have the one window of opportunity to talk about movies and television and the future of the media when everyone decides that uh, to bail on the podcast. But we've got actual fantasy content to talk about. Uh, We're we're spicing things up a little bit uh, since we didn't have a Tuesday show uh we wanted to actually this was jordan's idea so props to jordan we wanted to talk about kind of teams are you are entering the playoffs fantasy playoffs are likely starting for you this week probably next or uh, possibly next week really you should be starting this week so that you don't have to play into week 17 or if you have some weird playoff construction then whatever in the coming weeks i will say you are uh, you're starting your playoffs. so we're going to talk touch on some guys who are Either getting really hot right before the playoffs, or some guys who, excuse me, who uh, have really good matchups leading you during the fantasy playoffs. Um, but before we get to that, we are we are going to talk some Week 14 starts and sits. Uh, I think each jo- Jordan and I each have one start and one sit. So let's start with a start, uh, Jordan. Who are you saying is a is a go for this week
2: uh, in fantasy? Um, so I like Eric Ebron uh, starting him against the Buffalo Bills. I think that's a pretty favorable matchup. The Bill's defense still hasn't been playing all that solidly this year. And um, Jordan Reed is a tight end that, that is not even the 49er starting tight end. And he just put up 12 points against them. Um, I can imagine what George Kittle might've been able to do if he was actually active last week. Um, and Ebron, I think is just the better player here. Um, he kind of gets a little bit overlooked, but right now he's the tight end five on the year. So he's a solid like, put him in there and he will get you some points because he's had 11 targets in each of his past two games. And he also hasn't had fewer than five since week eight. So um, Ben Roethlisberger really likes going to him. And uh, he's, he's a guy that if he gets into the end zone, he will be a 20 point scorer easy
1: yeah I love this call like you said about I mean obviously the targets is nice he's also seeing a bunch of red zone targets which is really impressive I think the most impressive thing about this Eric Ebron not rejuvenation or just like his what what these last few games have shown is that the Steelers even with Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool like with all of these passing weapons Eric Ebron is still a vital part of this offense and still getting regular looks he's seen Uh, at least a red zone target, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that is viable when you're also contending with three other top-notch receivers. Um, And against Baltimore in week 12, he had three red zone targets. So I I think this is a great play, uh, especially since, I mean, the bills have been trash against tight ends this season. I think they're allowing the fourth fewest or fourth most points to the position so far this year. Um, And so that's certainly someone where, you're going to be in a game which by all intents and purposes is probably going to be a pretty high scoring one and so getting a part of this Steelers offense if you get a big production out of Eric Ebron out of your tight end position that could be a huge boost
2: as we uh, enter the first weeks of of fantasy playoffs in week 14. Yeah I'd like to lightly remind people too that Eric Ebron is only 27 years old um, and he even though he's been in the league for 15 years and this is his third team um, he's, he's still a guy that looks like he's kind of figuring some things out still um you've got to remember that he started his career in detroit um which it's it takes a while for tight ends to get going anyway but that can really stunt your it's even longer
1: to get to get your
2: shit together when you come from detroit yeah and you know like you said i expect this to be a pretty high scoring game against the bills
1: uh, my start for this week is Corey Davis, coming off of a career week last week where he just like absolutely torched the Browns out of nowhere. I like I don't know who saw that he was going to post whatever 180 yards and a touchdown against that team, but it has been a running trend with him. This has been a really good season for him, uh, just from a holistic standpoint. But in the last four games, he's seen at least 67 receiving yards, uh, and in two of those games, he's gone over 110 yards. At the same time, in, the, in that same period of time, those last four games, the Jaguars are giving up over 200 yards per game to wide receivers per game, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, Davis is emerging as that elite wide receiver that he was drafted as, and just like him and A.J. Brown together are going to be a problem for years to come. And the fact that they both seemingly can produce, it's not a D.K. Metcalf, uh, Tyler Lockett situation quite yet. We it might Get there at some point but it does seem that like both of those guys are get regular work and regular targets and will produce and I really like Cor- Corey Davis to continue uh what we saw last week and what the season has been for him against the Jaguars I think I have him as a high-end wide receiver too in my in my rankings this week
2: yeah I really like Corey Davis um he's been playing well all season he's uh the number three wide receiver by DVOA um this year and he's He really just hasn't been putting up like complete solid uh, games by fantasy value. Um, This year he did miss some time. So I think that's definitely held him back. Um, AJ Brown misses time. That's going to boost him up. He plays Jacksonville next week, Um, Detroit the following week. So he'll be in a dome. Uh, Things will be moving fast there. Uh, I am a little bit, worried just as most people should be about their week 16 game in green bay um the weather was like 40 degrees today though so it could be nice but that could be our um our christmas miracle getting some snow around that time so we just got a
1: bunch of snow here we came back from minnesota we were in minnesota this weekend for a friend's wedding and we came back And are currently quarantining in in New Hampshire, but we came back to like eight ish inches of snow, which has been, I mean, looks beautiful, pain in the ass to, to shovel and deal with so 40 degrees
2: sounds pretty appealing to this guy sounds like a very big incentive to stay inside. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly, Uh, yes, I, my parents had
1: already stocked our fridge up when we came up so we have a week's worth of food and I am planning on not really leaving the house which is uh, what you should do, but also what I plan to do
2: uh, because of the weather. Uh, All right, who are you sitting this week? Um, This one kind of hurts my feelings but it has, it might have to be done if you're feeling as bold as I am. Sit Miles Sanders. He has had three straight single-digit games, um, and it looks like it's about to be a fourth. Because if if you can't get it going against the Packers, like I was really worried about him this week, but he... I thought it was going to be
1: 100% his resurgence, his reemergence. Everything was like it was happening, and it's... Yes, no, I terrible, absolutely terrible. And it crushes me that Miles Sanders has done really nothing this entire season.
2: Yeah. I mean, there was a lot going on in that game, um, in terms of what their offense was doing. We saw it with Carson Wentz getting benched, like during the game and Jalen hurts being put in, you kind of hope that maybe Jalen hurts is a guy that, you know, teams don't have a lot of film on. He's more of a, um, run pass option type of quarterback, but I don't think that spark comes in a week where they have to play the Saints. Um, The Saints have been tough against the run all season, and if Miles Sanders can't get it going against the past few teams that he did, he's not doing it this week. So if you have another option, I would start them instead. Um, I may consider Sanders in the flex position just because of his pedigree, but that's as high as I can put him right now.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you, you say that the Saints have been tough against uh, against running backs all season. They are allowing the fewest points to the running back position in PPR so far this year with just 16 a game, which is, like, that is devastating. And when you're already going into a situation where Miles Sanders, like you said, single digits last three games. And what's more sad or upsetting is that, like, Boston Scott, despite the fact that Miles Sanders came back in healthy, Boston Scott has had a pretty large role in this offense still with him. Miles Sanders saw only 35% of snaps uh, against the Packers, which is like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here, Eagles? Uh, so it's not, it's not a great game to also introduce Jalen Hurts as your like, starting quarterback because the uh, Saints defense has just been coming out of nowhere to get their shit together and, and really kind of lock down teams. So I would be terrified to start anyone from Philly This game, but especially Miles Sanders, who I like I I was telling you before before the show, or maybe we talked about this during the show. I think it was before the show. (laughs) It's been so long, I've already forgotten. But uh, I just snuck into the playoffs and I'm I'm facing Becca, my wife, in round one in our in our home league. And there's a real part of me that's like, I it's really small benches, and I need to have a fully productive lineup. And it's just like I think I might be dropping Miles Sanders so that I can get someone as a spot play. Uh, in order to like free up that spot for someone like currently DeAndre Swift is on my bench um so i might I might move him up and then also like drop anyways there's a whole bunch of basically my point is is that Miles Sanders is dead to me, and he has entered the and passed the dunzo list and uh if you drop him in your league, don't feel bad about it uh I feel
2: like it's going to be a trend in a lot of leagues yeah it's it's really amazing every week that passes you're like. This Eagles team won a Super Bowl two years ago. And they two years like ago. The, they look like the smartest franchise in sports. Um, but it's it's not looking great right now. I don't know.
1: Really, really tough. Really tough to, uh, to reflect on that as a Patriots fan. <laughs> that somehow this Eagles team put up 50. Uh, Nick Foles went on an absolute tear. Anyways, let's not linger on that because uh, I'll just get depressed. All right. My set for this week is Marquise Brown. As soon as I dropped him on my fantasy team, Marquise Brown suddenly started doing shit. He had two good games. Uh, he's scored a touchdown in both of them. However, I would be tentative to get super uber excited about that uh, and be like, oh, Marquise Brown, clear start. Things are clicking. Those two ha- those two games happened with Mark Andrews on the COVID-19 list. Mark Andrews has been activated. He is back. He is going to be playing this week against the Browns, and we know how important he is to Lamar Jackson and this passing game. It, it is akin to, you know, watching Patrick Mahomes target. I mean, Tyreek Hill is a phenomenal wide receiver in and of itself. So he'll, you know, he would have gotten plenty of targets regardless. But if, Tra- if Travis Kelsey were to miss time, you could bet Tyreek Hill was going to get a shit ton of targets. Uh, the same thing is true. Mark Andrews misses time. Marquise Brown becomes really productive. Now with Mark Andrews back, I'm just not sold that Brown is going to continue this like mini little breakout that we've seen, especially since in the last five weeks, the Browns are giving up the eighth fewest points to wide receivers and the fourth most to tight ends. So that just seems like a perfect recipe for Mark Andrews to go off and have a big game. While Marquise Brown sits on your starting lineup and does a whole bunch of nothing. So I would, I would move him to the bench this week.
2: Yeah, it's it's easy to look at the Ravens and say like just check out their box score against the Cowboys and be like, Oh, the Ravens, look at that offense, look at that output, they're back. But really it was due in part because they just ran all over them. Lamar ran all over them, Gus Edwards did, J.K. Dobbins did, and the touchdowns that went to Miles Boykin and Marquise Brown were really the only things of substance that they did during that matchup. Um they do have a soft schedule going forward, uh, except they they play the Browns, but the Browns are a division rival, so they'll play them a little bit tougher. They get the Jags. They get the Bengals. Um, I think Week 17 is the Giants if you're into that sort of championship debauchery in Week 17. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm just... Hollywood has been so inconsistent year in and year, or week in and week out. And maybe it's just me being a cautious fantasy football player, but I'm looking for someone who I know is going to give me points, not somebody who is like the definition of a boomer bust in the league right now.
1: Yeah. And Marquise Brown's big play against Pittsburgh in week 12 was like on a missed tackle on, I don't know, it was like a 12, maybe 15 yard pass down the field, but it was a missed tackle that he ran for a touchdown. And then like you said, against Dallas, he only had 39 yards receiving on eight targets, five catches for 39 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown absolutely saved his day. Um, And so if he doesn't get that touchdown, then, you know, he's, he's not giving you
2: anything and you're, you're out in the snow. It was a beautiful touchdown catch and pass though on the play. The toe drag. That's the. Those are the kind of plays that make you be like, "Oh yeah, Hollywood Brown, let's go. Get I'm in." Me. But it's you're still looking for consistency there. Yeah, yeah, and I'm and I am not a fan of it.
1: Before we bring on our special guest who talks on possible playoff stars, let's take a quick ad break. All right, and we are joined by special guest, like I said at the top of the show, Aiden McGrath, who writes for uh, Number Fire. Aiden, how are you doing today? I'm doing great,
0: Pete. Thanks for having me.
1: Of course. Now, dear listeners, Aiden McGrath and I, long, long time ago, went to high school <laughs> together and, in fact, played on the same high school Frisbee team. So sure did. This, is, this is a reunion, what, 13 years in the making? How old are we?
0: <laughs> we don't have to say.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is this man. He is all ready for the podcast, uh, the podcast world. Um, all right. So we're going to talk some guys who are getting hot just at the right time or have a really positive schedule heading forward to them. Guys who you can take full advantage of uh, as you make a deep, hopefully deep playoff push in your fantasy league. So Aiden, why don't you start us off with a guy who you are particularly high on for the next few weeks?
0: I mean, I have to start from the number one and it's got to be Derek Henry. I mean, it's DeHember. Hember uh what more do we have to say uh I mean the man has crushed every single winter for as long as he's been in the league he starts off with Jacksonville this week who I'm not unsure he has a part ownership of at this point <laughs> and then Detroit who's just been clobbered by running backs and finally Green Bay who I mean they put up an okay defensive front against running backs recently but I mean Derrick Henry's going to put him to the test
1: yeah, it is It is a criminal that – I mean, criminal for these opposing teams, phenomenal for fantasy owners uh, that the NFL has created this schedule for the Tennessee Titans because not only do we know, like you mentioned, Aiden, that like December – the month of December, really, November through December is Derrick Henry month, and then you just give him a cakewalk of a schedule during the fantasy playoffs, it is truly, it is truly incredible. And I am fully prepared for him to put up just some absolutely monstrosity numbers uh, for these coming weeks.
2: Yeah. No. It's, it's definitely uh December when, you know, we're just here talking about Derek Henry and how he's about to roll over teams on the way <laughs> to the playoffs. It This has happened for like three years in a row. And I don't know why I don't keep drafting Derek Henry as high as I possibly can, but um, maybe it next really year hurts. I'll finally learn my lesson.
1: <laughs> I even said it. I wrote an article at the end of last year, which was like, New Year resolutions for fantasy. And it's like, trust Derek Henry. And then what do you know? I go ahead and, and I'm not angry. I drafted Dalvin Cook instead of him. And Dalvin Cook has been doing me, you know, plenty of wonders so far this season. But God damn it. It's just like, trust the man. He's going to do it every single goddamn year. Believe in him. Jordan, who's the guy who you're super high on for the uh, playoff stretch?
2: Um, so this one is may feel like a no-brainer, but he's the QB 11 right now, so he might not feel like a no-brainer that you should start, but it's Lamar Jackson. Um, before Dallas, he was really struggling to put up some fantasy points, but the remaining schedule um, should put you at ease. Uh, he plays Jacksonville and the Giants. Um, we both know how they are against um, the run, and next week they play Cleveland, who has been relatively tough, um, on defense, but back in week one Lamar put up 27 and a half points against them. so he should at least be starting caliber. Um, this isn't a week where you decide to get cute and not play Lamar Jackson for like, I don't know Andy Dalton because you thought he has been playing well the past two weeks. Just don't do it, just keep Lamar in. Um, last year, um, we, since we're going back to December, they were the Ravens as a team were sitting pretty. And not having to worry about, um, you know, making sure they were still in games or making sure they even have a playoff spot because they finished fourteen and two, um, they're sitting Lamar Jackson out in fourth quarters. But that's not the case this year. They're seven and five. They are only in the playoffs today, for where it start today, because of the seven seed extension. Um, they are sitting behind Cleveland. They're sitting behind Pittsburgh, obviously in their own division. So they're going to have to win, and they're going to have to. Do it by having Lamar Jackson play well. So if he's the MVP he was last year, expect him to put the team on his back and start carrying the Ravens into the AFC playoffs picture.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest the the nice thing too is is that his rushing game has become. I mean, especially against Dallas, obviously last week, it was much more impactful. They got that huge nice power run with him uh, where he scored a touchdown on the ground. And when you're getting Jacksonville and then the Giants. Both of those guys, you can actually run the football on, and so Lamar adds that special element. I mean, you have to you have to trust the man, and I think you trust the man to the point where uh, you rely on him to carry your team in these leagues. All right, uh, my first guy, I like. I, I wanted to pick guys who you could take action. I want actionable advice, actionable advice uh, for people because you know I am a man of the people, and I didn't want to just talk about. Derrick Henry or Lamar Jackson, who everyone rostered. So instead, I know, the guy we're going to start with, too, is still rostered in like 70% of leagues. But no Fant, tight end for the Broncos. Uh, we have seen him still be a part of this uh, offense. This offense is not really what we thought it would be. It's certainly not as trustworthy as we thought it would be. Derek Jula. spoiler alert, all of Denver, not great. Thanks for getting him in my mentions last year when I was like, mm, are we sure about June Locke after five games and all of Denver's like, Oh yeah, we're sure about Drew Locke. <laughs> Clearly we're not. Anyways, now that I have that, you know, voting confidence, Noah fan has been a part of this uh, offense. He's seen over the last four weeks, seven, five, two against the saints, but we ignore that uh, seven targets. So he's been a vital role. And the biggest thing is if you look at his schedule, man, he plays the Carolina Panthers, plays the Buffalo Bills in Week 15, and then he plays the uh, Los Angeles Chadges in Week 16. And of those positions, if you're looking at those squads, uh, those are all guys who have been just getting bat- blasted by tight ends this season. The Bills have given up the fourth most points in PPR. Uh, the Panthers are giving up what the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth, and then the other team that I said was the Chargers, and they are giving up like the tenth, I believe. So these are all matchups that the that Noah Fant and the Broncos will take advantage of, and I think that he will be a guy who you can tr- trust to be a reliable starting, start worthy tight end uh, for the rest of the season, rest of your fantasy season, as long as it ends at Week 16, because then in Week 17 they play the Raiders, who are fine.
0: And I totally agree. He's been arguably the number one option on that team for as long as he's healthy this season, which is, you know, it hasn't been the whole season, but anytime he has been healthy, he's been easily the most dynamic threat on the field at all times. He's the motion man. He runs out of the slot. He runs corner routes. And I mean, he does it all Uber athlete, just going to crush. shocker. Drew
1: lock ain't good. We're going to, I'm going to ride that horse until dead in the ground. He's a,
0: yeah, he's a arguably the worst quarterback in the league right now. Uh,
1: and that is saying something because Nick Mullins, Mitchell Trubisky.
0: Okay. I mean, quarterback. whoa, 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 whoa. Nick Mullins is <laughs> as good as Jimmy Garoppolo. We, can talk, we can talk Mitchell Trubisky. But uh, as far as net yards per attempt goes, I mean, Nick Mullins is right there with Jimmy Jimmy G.
1: Yeah. Kyle Shanahan's not thrilled about that
0: Mondo contract he handed out to Jimmy G. Oof. I mean, they can get out of it next year. But yeah. It's a- <laughs> and they will. They it was a marriage of convenience, not out of uh, desire. Yeah.
2: I think we're forgetting that Drew Locke can dance and lip sync on the sidelines. So <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. George me totally one, baby!
0: His, his, uh, his stock a little bit. We forgot the, char- the charisma effect here. Yeah. Right. Yeah,
1: <laughs> let's, uh, let's put the hopes of our franchise on that and John Elway's endorsement, since John Elway has had a flawless track record at picking quarterbacks after basically the best quarterback of all time was like, I kind of want to play with you. And he's like, nailed it. I brought him in. <laughs> now look how good I am at, at scouting and recruiting quarterbacks. It's nice to hear you admit Peyton's the best QB of all time. Well, I said, Jeez, I that's... said possibly, right? <laughs> if I didn't, then this is going to be a terrible soundbite that it will haunt me for the rest of my existence.
2: Oh, I do I don't Peyton, know, I don't know. I possibly. I don't know. Oh. Maybe a little. Maybe a little, yeah.
1: maybe mildly (laughs) though. It has been nice. I will say this, uh, this watching the, the, the Tom Brady regression, not on the Patriots and not having to defend him. It's been a nice little weight off my back. Instead of just getting on all the goddamn stupid ass Patriots fans who are like, let me see Jared Stidham. Oh my goodness. No. Jared Stidham is a fourth round quarterback. Who's played plenty enough to realize he is not the future. Stick with cam. You idiots.
0: All right, uh, before we Jared just Siddham hit that uh, wide open Gunnar Ozleski uh, <laughs> <laughs> slant route to the house. Yeah, he hit that.
1: He hit that. So got to give him a <laughs> shot because he's definitely, definitely worth it. Oh, uh, yeah. Aiden, who's another guy who you're high on for the for the playoff stretch?
0: Uh, All right. I'm not going to lie. I have a huge crush on Jarvis Landry for the playoffs Mm -hmm. stretch. Um, It's not the finest schedule starting in week 14, which is obviously the most important right now for the fantasy playoffs. But I mean, the man has 11 and then 10 targets in the past two weeks going up against Baltimore, super tough defense. They're getting a couple guys off of the COVID list this week. It's going to get real hard, but I mean, he's the pressure target for Baker Mayfield. They're running play action. They're passing offense. I mean, They just dusted the Titans last week. Baker looked like the prospect we all thought he was. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, the dude's had his hiccups this year, but last week, the past couple weeks, honestly, he's looked great. They've got the play action game going. They've got Chubb back. Landry is mopping up targets. He looks healthy finally. I mean, he came into the season with a hip injury, which can be one of the most damaging injuries for fantasy production. Uh, he is now the focal point of their passing game. I mean, he's crushing it. And Baltimore, if they're susceptible anywhere in the passing game, because they're not, I mean, they have a very strong pass defense, but if there's anywhere you can actually attack them, it's in the slot and that's his, that's his wheelhouse, you know? So get through this week against Baltimore, where he's probably going to get another eight, nine, 10 targets reliable. You've got the giants and the jets. And uh, I mean, James Bradbury with the Giants has been phenomenal, but he's not going to shut up Jarvis Landry. And uh, the Jets, I don't think I need to say much about what's going on there. (laughs) Yeah, Jarvis Landry is just a target monster still. He's in an offense that's using him in creative ways and making him the focal point. Kevin Stefanski is killing it. They're moving the ball down the field. I love him. Love Jarvis Landry.
1: Head coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Let's look, let's I, let wouldn't, that I wouldn't go Sim- quite that far, but it could happen. Would you They're- not?
1: Kevin Stefanski Funny. has like basically, uh, f- what do you call it? Uh, 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 God damn it. All I can think of is Terminator, which is not the movie I'm thinking of, <laughs> exercise all of the demons of Cleveland of which there are like a bajillion and is oh. now a winning winning team with a winning record set to make the playoffs and just got bumped into prime time he their game got bumped into a prime game because they're playing so good Kevin's the fan happened Jordan. today yeah they are
0: nine today. and three they're killing it
2: they're the team this year that everybody thought they were going to be last year um I like the idea of having Jarvis Landry as a must play guy because again soaking up targets but the rest of the pass catchers in the offense just look like they're kind of guys that like they make spot plays. They, they come in and they, they do their job. You know, Donovan people's Jones scores on deep touchdowns every now and then. And uh, like Harrison Bryant, a couple rookies, uh, Kaderil Hodge, not necessarily guys who are just sucking away Baker's attention. And even if you're playing somebody like the Ravens, uh, if you're the clear number one passing option, that's still a good look for fantasy purposes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Jordan, who you got? Um Well, to add to my point of being the only clear option on an offense in the passing game, I'm going with Brandon Cooks down in Houston. Yes. Um, the Texans have no real reason to keep on trying to win games, but they also don't have any reason to tank because, um, I'm sorry, Clark earmuffs right now. Um, both their first and second round <laughs> picks are in Miami right now. Um <laughs> Cooks, like I said before, is the really the only option. Uh, I know Kiki QT has been a pretty popular waiver wire ad um, this week, but I think when he plays some of the tougher defenses remaining on their schedule that he uh, could be a little bit more neutralized and taken out. He's been in the league for a couple of years now. We kind of know what QT is. Um, they, they also cut Kenny Stills for reasons. Um, so he's not a weapon that's sucking up targets anywhere. Um, and since the buy that Houston had in week eight, Brandon Cooks has been wide receiver 21. Um, so he's definitely a playable option. Um, they have a tough test against the Colts, uh, who they just played last week. They have them again in two weeks. Uh, but he should be pretty good to go against the Bears, who have an okay pass defense, and the Bengals, who are a dumpster fire. So fire up your Brandon Cooks.
1: Yeah. I love me. Brandon cooks. I have always, he is someone where you look at his uh, we talked about this way at the beginning of, of this season where Brandon cooks is one of those rare wide receivers. And I think it's partially due to just like his elite speed and his ability to make plays down the field. But you look at this man's career and there was the stretch 2016, 2017, 2018. He played for three different teams, saints, Patriots, Rams, each of those seasons, thousand plus receiving yards, five plus touchdowns, 110 plus targets. Like the guy, no matter what team he was playing for, he was putting up numbers. And now he got traded to Houston, was putting up numbers alongside Will Fuller. Will Fuller is, you know, suspended for six games, uh, basically the rest of the season, in other words. And now he steps into that number one role in an offense that basically he's replacing Will Fuller, which is exactly what Brennan Cooks is as a wide receiver, which is get down the field, make big plays. And Deshaun Watson loves to just, you know, heave it down there and let him, make a play on it. I think you're right that they don't really have a reason to keep winning games. But I also think that like part of me, part of me is that Deshaun Watson is just like effing furious with this Texans team and just like how dysfunctional they've been. And so I feel like he's just going to want to go on a tear and just like keep his numbers at an all time high, keep playing at this extremely high level we've seen at him. And then just like give the middle finger to all of Houston, and uh, I don't know, maybe try to force his way out, or at the very least, just prove like, look, put a goddamn team around me and let's make something happen. Um, and maybe not trade away my best wide receiver, and then make sure you go sign Will Fuller
0: this year. Actually, gonna I'll piggyback on that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'll piggyback on that. I also think Kiki Cutie is queued up for a huge playoff stretch. I mean, yes, Deshaun Watson's averaging a ridiculous like 9.4 adjusted yards per attempt, it's insane, but I mean. We've seen Kiki QT anytime he's had an actual opportunity thrive. And this past week, we saw that. I mean, albeit Cooks was sidelined for a, about a quarter, if I'm not mistaken, with a possible concussion again. Uh, but we're down stills. We're down Fuller. We're down Cobb for whatever reason. And QT had nine targets. I mean, he's mopping up those close to the line of scrimmage targets, just cleaning those up for Deshaun Watson, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, he just turned nine targets into 141 yards this past week. I mean, let's not forget cutie. Cooks is great. Don't get me wrong. But I think cutie's you, here too. But Kiki is a cutie, so can't ignore him. Oh my goodness. Yes. Shucks. <laughs> Nailing it just on every level.
1: Uh all right. I'll wrap us up then with a final player who I am super hyped on for this uh for this fantasy playoff stretch. 54% rostered in Yahoo leagues. And that is, I'm finally having some faith and confidence. And then of course, I mean, I know he's coming back from an injury, but you know, we're going to ignore that right now in the Rams backfield. And it's cam Akers, the rookie who we saw finally get 50% of the snaps against the Cardinals in week, 15, uh, week 13, 21 carries, 72 yards touchdown, as well as 22 yards in the receiving game. We've seen him. This was coming off of against the 49ers where he had 84 yards on nine carries. Um, And so it was great to see McVay see that production, be like, great, Cam Akers, you're our guy. We're going to get you the ball. Let's ride. They play the Patriots on Thursday night or tonight when you're listening to this. Then they play the Jets week 15, Seahawks week 16. Those are all games that, you can move that ball on the ground. And I think that with Sean McVay's offense, it works with a one. I know he likes to move through his back's uh, and that's perfectly fine, but there is always one back who gets the most work and who gets that most production. And I just think with him being a rookie, with a being a rookie that they spent a high pick on, now that things are starting to finally click, which makes sense because not only, you know, does it take time for a rookie to kind of get their legs under him in the NFL, as it rightly should, this year especially, since there was no really offseason, no training camp, no you know way to get the playbook down before the season started with all of COVID, so now things are really clicking, hopefully, and I think that things are, are, are lining up for Cam Akers to take over this backfield uh, and just in time for your, for your fantasy playoffs to, uh, for him to really, really thrive and really help
0: you out down the stretch. I mean, I love that pick. Akers was dominant against the Cardinals this past weekend, and the Cardinals have been no slouches. I mean, he was continually picking up first downs. He was getting – I mean – success rate was somewhere around like 48 percent against one of the stronger run defenses in the league he's getting his feet under him anytime he's been given the opportunity he's thrived it's not like a jonathan taylor situation where he's really taken time to i mean jonathan taylor's finally popping off but just in time too i might add oh yes sir i mean the colts yeah strong playoff Cold yeah.
1: schedule is spicy as all hell.
0: It's, it's quite good, yeah. But, I mean, Akers has looked great almost any time he's touched the ball. Uh, it's just been a matter of, will he get to touch the ball? I mean, sometimes uh, all of your ribs are punctured and it's not great uh, <laughs> most of the middle of the season. But, I, I mean, whenever he's been healthy and had the ball, he's looked like a dynamic electric playmaker in both the passing and running games. I mean, he's possibly, arguably, the air to Todd Gurley in that offense.
2: Yeah, I think um, there are like three running backs right now who are finally starting to like get it, and they're starting to get the opportunities that like Clyde Edwards-Helaire and um, weirdly James Robinson have been getting all season. Um, Shouts <laughs> to James Robinson for helping me out this year. Um, but it's it's J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, and Cam Akers. It's their rookies that took them a while to get their feet going, but. Like, you see it when they touch the ball. it's it's It can be something special if they're really given the, the chance to produce. And um, they've been held back through, whether, whether it's been in the doghouse, whether it's been injuries, whether their entire team has gotten decimated by the coronavirus. It, now that it's starting to roll, I think we'll start seeing some production out of all three of them.
1: And isn't it just, like, beautifully fitting that while those running backs are all – like thriving and rising, and and fantasy managers who've held on to them are suddenly like, yes, this is all happening just in time for the fantasy playoffs. On the flip side, Clyde Edwards Hilaire managers are like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I have been riding Clyde Edwards Hilaire all season long. And just as I need him to like
2: continue to keep doing his thing, they go get Le'Veon Bell and it just completely nukes his value. Love to see it. I haven't even been watching them. Has, has Le'Veon Bell really been taking away that
0: many carries? I don't no, think he's sir. been
2: really doing much. It's just the passing game has been so
1: incredible.
0: Le'Veon Bell has looked slow, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has uh, been sick and uh, hasn't looked juicy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He had his two touchdowns against the uh, Raiders back in week 11, which boosted up, yep. but then against the Bucks, I mean, the Bucks defense is legit against the ground, 37 oh, yards. Absolutely. But, like, it, before that, Carolina, New Jersey, uh, the Jets. Anytime I see NYJ, I just immediately am I'm like, eh, screw the Y. We're going to call them New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> Where do they play again? Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they play in New Jersey, so I'm yeah. not wrong. Uh, he, again, just, like, 21, 14 yards. Like, Le'Veon Bell, the addition of Le'Veon Bell has certainly nagged the, like, the ceiling of, of Clyde Edwards Hilaire, which was already super low because the man doesn't score touchdowns uh, from within <laughs> inside the 20, and so – with the addition of with Le'Veon Bell basically taking the one thing that was going to give Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, fantasy value, it's not a great look. So it's it's beautiful, and I I laugh in the face of everyone who drafted him, you know, as like their RB one in a in a weird year with no off season and just being like, well, it's definitely going to work because it's
0: Andy Reid. It worked for uh, a third of the year. I mean, Good there idea. were pipe dreams of. Clyde Edwards Hilaire running those Damian Williams wheel routes for 30, 40 yard gains. But, uh, I don't think I've seen one of those this year. Damian Williams,
1: if he had opted in, would have been a better, uh, better fantasy running back than Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You might've might been, might be right, <laughs> might been a hot take. You might be right, man. Excellent. Well, there you go. Some, uh, some guys who were super confident in super ready to watch, uh, take your team to the next level through the fantasy playoffs to an actual, uh, fantasy championship aiden do you have a uh do you have some teams sitting in the playoffs right now for your for your own fantasy leagues that you're very noivously titching your fingers about
0: unfortunately in my home league this is the first time ever that i uh have not been in the playoffs well glad we had
1: you on the podcast then
0: clearly, see you later clearly, yep you know what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> now my dynasty leagues are still thriving yeah but uh, that home league man got decimated this year
1: mm. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. Somehow my, my wife, Becca, cause we're just going to quickly, I'm going to brag for her on this podcast. I'm really, what I'm trying to do is I'm putting, trying to put out so much good karma into the world that the football gods pity me. And since I'm playing her, they're going to make her lose because I'm being such a gentleman about hyping up her team.
0: She I think had, there's something twisted about this.
1: I think that's, that's perfectly how it works. Uh, she had Christian McCaffrey. And so was dealing with that all season, but started off the season. Oh, and five. And now is like eight and five and wow. basically has won her way into the playoffs. And I get to play her. Devonte Adams does wonders for you. Doesn't he Jordan? <laughs>
2: hey, I love, I love it. Um, I, I also love the reverse jinxing you're trying to do over there, but I don't, I don't know if it works if you openly admit it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where it's like, you have to like not say your wish because then it won't come true. Uh, we shall see anyways all right make sure you subscribe to the fake teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts itunes spotify stitcher that is where you will get us and that's also how you'll find not only us but also our fantasy basketball and fantasy uh baseball podcasts make sure to follow us on twitter at rb1 podcast you can follow myself at pm rogers follow jordan at jordan underscore smith 27 and aiden let them know where can they follow you
0: Uh, At Aiden McGrath FF on Twitter. That's about it. There you go. Aiden, thank you for joining us. It
1: was a pleasure to have you and to very briefly catch up. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. We will be back at you next week. Until then,
0: peace!